For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Amen. Isn't it good to be in this house this morning? I'm hoping I can get this out like I feel it. We uh, we had a wonderful time at Thanksgiving, but the days after were even better. We uh, we drove a, an old lady crazy. That'll have to come out later. Um, I don't know. I uh, prepare for messages and getting them out is is hard. It's not. It's not an easy task. So I don't. I'm not sure where I'm going, but we're gonna trust the Lord. If y'all stand, we'll go ahead and get right to it. We're going to turn to Luke 11 and read 5 through 10. Luke 11, 5 through 10. When you're there, say amen. Also on the screen if you don't have your Bible. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall say, answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. I want to preach to you a little while on this thought. A question, really. What are you looking for? Let us pray. Father, we love you, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in this meeting. Rain down your spirit upon us. Lord, anoint me to preach, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. And all that is done, we will give you honor, glory, and praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. And all that love them, shout it. Amen. What are you looking for? In Luke 11, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. The disciples have seen the Lord's prayer life. They have seen God the Son's total dependence on God the Father. The disciples sensed that prayer was a real and vital force in the life of Jesus. As they hear him pray, it makes them want to pray. And so, one of them asks, Lord, teach us to pray. And so the Lord teaches his disciples to pray. But after that, he adds something. 
Don't just pray. Be persistent. Don't walk away empty-handed. And he gives this illustration designed to show God's willingness to hear and answer the petitions of his children. The story has to do with a man who is a guest arrived at the house at midnight. Unfortunately, he didn't have enough food for the guest on hand. So he goes to his neighbor's house, knocks on the door, and asks for three loaves of bread. But the neighbor's in bed and ignores the first request. Because I can tell you, if I was asleep, I'm probably not going to wake up. I would be groggy. Probably I didn't hear that. Probably went down like this. There's a knock at the door, a banging and yelling. The neighbor probably doesn't even know what's going on. From his bed, he asks, what are you looking for? What do you want? What? Well, we don't have any bread. Go away. Second knock at the door. The neighbor asks, what are you looking for? Bread? Three loaves of bread? Dude, it's midnight. And we're in all bed asleep. Go to the store in the morning. I don't care if your guest is hungry. When Dixie will be open in the morning, you can go there and get some bread. The third knock at the door. What are you looking for? Bread? Three loaves of bread? If I give you this bread, will you go away? So the neighbor gets up and gives the man three loaves of bread. Not because they were friends. Not because they were neighbors, but because the man wouldn't stop. He wouldn't go away. He would not leave without getting what he came for. In applying this illustration to us, we must avoid conclusions. Like God doesn't get annoyed by our persistent request. And it doesn't mean that the only way to get your prayers through is to be persistent. It does teach that the Lord hears the cries of his children. It teaches us not to grow weary or discouraged in our prayer life? Do we think that the Lord is asleep? Do we believe that he's gone to bed and can't be wakened? Maybe that's not it at all. Maybe we don't believe we are worthy for our prayers to be answered. Whatever the reason you have told yourself why the Lord won't answer your prayers... It's just not true. He does want to answer. He does want to answer our prayers, and he will. You have to remember it's on his time. And it might it might not always be a no. And it might not always be a yes. But there will be an answer. It just might be wait. It ain't time. The problem is is we tend to give up too easy, don't we? We're going to wait for the answer. If the Lord doesn't answer us within the next 30 seconds, we're done, right? I mean, is that most people? I'll speculate. Hey, I've been there. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I get, I get aggravated. Lord, I don't get it. You're not answering. I don't hear you. <laughs> I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, we'll see how well that works out, don't we? Maybe we don't like the answer. Maybe the Lord said, no. The Lord's going to give an answer. We just have to wait for it. And if the answer is no, 
you have to believe that this, the Lord knows what's best for us, better than we do. He knows the future. He knows how we are. So if it's a no, he has our best interests at heart. The parable in our text teaches us, teaches not to be discouraged or grow weary in our prayer life. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Sometimes God answers the first time we ask, and sometimes he answers only after a prolonged asking. To that, sometimes if he doesn't say no, or if there is no no, or there is no answer, or you think that there's no answer, maybe it's the fact that he wants to see how far you're willing to go for what you seek. Right? How much does it mean to you? How much will you keep banging on the door? How bad do you really want that bread? Right? We look at that. He doesn't always answer the first time, and I think some of that's to teach us faith and to have a prayer life. Because what is prayer life? Communication. The parable teaches that everyone who asks receiveth, everyone who seeks find, and everyone who knocks, it has it open to them. We need to get in the prayer closet and not come out until we have an answer, a direction, or a mission. We don't need more churches, we don't need more preachers, and we don't need more missionaries. What we do need is people that know how to pray. That people that know how to get a hold of the Lord. For the fire will fall and rain down on this planet. God help us to be men and women of prayer. So the question is, what are you looking for? We all look for something. Maybe it's a miracle. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's salvation. Maybe it's deliverance. Maybe it's a peace you look for. Maybe it's rest. Maybe it's a closer walk with Jesus you search after. Can you find what you're looking for? Yes, you can. 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I to do with thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave them to them the people, and they did eat. And he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. What are you looking for? Are you tired? Tired of fighting? Tired of everything? I get like that. I'll be honest with you. I'm tired of everything. I really, at this point, present time, I don't really want to stand up here, but I did because I have to. We go through motions. It becomes ritualistic, and that's not the way it was ever supposed to be. But the enemy has us bound. Okay, whatever it is, he doesn't want us to make the next step, right? So we're going to look at Elijah. What's, was Elijah what was Elijah tired of? was tired of everything. He was tired of life. 
He was tired of these animals. He was tired of this working this ground. Tired of these fields. There has to be more than life than just these fields, right? There has to be more than life than just plowing the ground. What was he looking for? He was looking for a better life, a more abundant life, a life that meant something. Working the fields with 12 oaks, yoke of, with 12 oxen each, he was tired of the same old thing. Day in and day out, work, 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 work. What was he looking for? He was looking for God. We tend to have a void, and that void will fill itself or we will fill it with junk if we're not careful. Right? If we don't fill it with the right stuff, it's going to fill up with something. The enemy will fill it. If you don't fill it with the Lord, it'll fill it with stuff that will distract you, keep you from your purpose. What is he looking for? And then one day, a preacher comes by and defies Elijah, just walks by him, don't he? Throws a coat on him. Elijah senses something. He knows what he's got to do. He kills all his animals and has a cookout. He ain't going back to that life. And then he follows that old preacher. He follows God. Are we doing the same thing? Or does it become ritualistic? We show up on Sunday morning, we sing some songs, praise a little bit, hear a good message or two. Maybe a word from the Lord comes about. We have a small prayer meeting in the altar and we go home. Is that it? Is that what happens? So we... We wash, rinse, and repeat. We do that Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's it. It's the same mundane. Hmm. If you look up all the great revivals that started, how did they start? With a prayer meeting. With a prayer meeting with people that were searching for more than they had. They were searching for moves of God, not a trickle. Matthew 8, 5 through 10. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto his centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shalt Come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth. And to another, Come, and he cometh. And to this, my servant, Do this, and he doeth. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. What was the centurion looking for? He was looking for a cure for somebody else. He was looking for a cure for his servant. 
That's where we need to get to. It's a me, 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 me. Do we search for a healing, a miracle, salvation for the outside world? His servants at home sick, paralyzed, and dying. The centurion was looking for the master. How did he hear the master? We all know. I love this this aspect of the Bible, how they leave stuff in and out. I'm not adding to it. I'm going to speculate. This is where my imagination goes. Maybe he heard about Jesus the same way the woman with the issue of blood did. Maybe there was a boy in the corner selling papers. Extra, extra. Jesus rubbed spit in a blind man's eye, and now he can see. Right? Need to read about that? Extra. Read about how a man named Jesus raised a dead man. Read about how a, a man with a withered hand was made whole. Is that how he found out about it? What was that centurion looking for? A miracle for his servant. And he found it. Jesus tells him, I'll come and heal him. But the centurion says, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Just say the word, and he will be healed. Jesus himself marveled at this Gentile's faith and tells him, because you believed, it will be done. Because you believed, it will be done. Because he had faith, it was done. The centurion searched for Jesus, and when he had him, he had faith that his servant would be made whole. He would be healed. All Jesus had to do was speak the words. He didn't have to show up, put hands on him. All he had to do was speak. Seek, and you will find. Don't give up hope. What are you looking for? Are you looking for a healing, a miracle, salvation, deliverance? tired of feeling depressed huh it's a season i get it the holidays are hard for a lot of people but you can have a peace that outweighs any any mental anguish a peace that passes all understanding how about this story john 5 1 through 9 after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to, up to Jerusalem. Now there's a, at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then, after first, after troubling, troubling of the water, Stepped in was made whole of whoever, excuse me, whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38, 30 and 8 years. When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, Will thou now be made whole? And the impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole 
and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. What was the man at the pool of Bethesda looking for? He was looking for a healing, a miracle, a new life. What's the difference between a miracle and a healing? A healing is gradual. A miracle is instantaneous. Think about that, because when you ask for a healing or a miracle, it might take a little longer than you think, because it's a healing. It's not instantaneous. That's not in my notes. I was free. He was tired of being in a broken state. He was tired of it. He hears of this pool that heals. But it is a false hope, isn't it? For 38 years he has been paralyzed. For 38 years he has been, he has dreamed of walking. Maybe you want to walk on the beach. Maybe you want to run. He gets to the pool just to find he is unable to get in the water in time to be healed. In order for the pool to heal you, you had to be the first one in the water after the angel stirred the pool. He can't make it. He's looking for that healing. He's looking for that miracle. He is so close, yet so far away. He has no one to help him to get in that pool in time. He gets pushed around, stepped on. Now what he has seeked after is just out of reach. Life is cruel, isn't it? I bet he's about to give up. He's about to end it all. A friend of mine called me the other day. He was diagnosed a long time ago with some mental disorders. Schizophrenia, bipolar. He has times where he's he's cohan. He call anyway, he calls me something not related. He calls me about some work. As I'm talking to him, the subject of the Lord comes up. He tells me, hey, man, I got saved in 2008. Okay. I got saved. Yeah, I got saved. I got saved in 2008 in jail. All right. I get that. I need to be baptized. I saw on Facebook that you're a minister now. Can you baptize me? Yeah. But you got saved in 2008? Yeah. Have you changed your ways? What do you mean? You still say out of trouble? You still drinking, smoking dope? Well, uh, yeah, but I got saved in 2008. I said, I know that a certain denomination that you went to teaches once saved, always saved. But son, I'm gonna tell you right now that that's not that's not the way it works. You can backslide. Being saved means that you turn from your ways. But in order to stay that way, you can't let the void be open. Think about the story when when the man that was possessed was delivered and cleaned his house up, but the house was vacant. When the demon that had left came back and saw that the house was empty, he went and got seven more nastier than he was. 
and they filled the house. He said, oh, man, I never really thought about it like that. I said, if in this period, do you talk to the Lord? Do you keep this communication open? Oh, uh, well, uh, my prayer life's probably not. So your salvation hinged on a one-time decree or instant that has gone no further. I said, the Lord is calling for you, dude. He's been calling. You struggle with this label that the world has given you. I'm not telling you that you've been improperly diagnosed or not. But you carry this. You're trying to get this ability for it. But you can be healed. He's like a little brother to me. So I asked him, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a better life? Or are you just looking for the same same nonsense to go on, to keep going on? What are you looking for? He, he said, my counselor asked me the same question. He just didn't word it the same way. He said, what are you looking to get out of these sessions? So what did you tell him? I don't really know. I'm telling you, you need to get in your closet and you need to get down to business with God. I said, because he has a calling. He has a purpose for your life. The enemy is the one who's trying to keep you down. That's all of us. The enemy tries to chain us because once we realize how powerful we could be in Christ Jesus with his power, it's heaven on earth. The enemy don't want that. He knows the war is lost. He knows he's not going to win. But he wants to inflict as much damage and take as much casualties as possible. No matter if we sit on a pew, no matter if we read our Bible, as long as we don't get down to business. Right? I told my friend, you've tried everything. Nothing works, does it? Medication, self-medication, none of that works. You have to realize that what you are looking for can only be found in one place. And this goes for all of us right here. Man cannot help you. You cannot do it on your own. I cannot do it. Brother Jamie can't do it. Nobody can do it. No one can do it for you. It can only be Jesus. That's what you were looking for. The point is this. It has to be that way. The Lord will not share his glory. 
And if your purpose hinges on something that needs to be done through Christ, it has to be Him and Him alone. It has to be the fact that you knew that only God did it. No other way. Why? For the testimony. For you to spread the gospel to everybody else. My brother laid his knees. He said he couldn't walk on them. We prayed for him. Yes, we laid hands and we anointed him. But did we do it? No, we did not. That was not us. That was the power of God answering prayers and petitions for his children. He saw his child struggling to walk. And he said, I will heal you. Right? Amen? That's it. But we didn't do anything. We did nothing. All we did was ask the Father. And the Father came down and did all the work. Hallelujah. It's the same with the man at the pool of Bethesda. He'd been sick for almost 40 years. He's been in that pool a long time waiting his turn. He's been looking for that right moment when he can finally get in and get healed. Relying on man will never work. Relying on self will never work. We must seek and find the Lord. He is on time every time. And when Jesus goes to the man, he asks him, Would you like to be healed? Rise, take up your bed and walk. And when the, romance, when the man responded in faith, he was made whole. He walked. What are you looking for? Are you looking for a healing or are you looking for the healer? Are you looking for a miracle or the one who performs the miracles? Search for Jesus. Seek without stopping. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Keep searching. You will find what you were looking for. Don't give up because the Lord's about to show up. Amen? Psalms 63, 1 through 4. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see the power and thy glory. So I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Praise the Lord for what he has done. What he is doing. And what he will do. Praise him. Worship the Lord with all thy heart. Worship him. Honor the king. If we praise the Lord, he will show up. In the old days, what happened when the king came in? Before the king came in, all trumpets sound, all praises were lifted, then the king entered. Sometimes he don't work that way, but a lot of times he does. Amen. What are you looking What you were looking for will never be found in the realm of reality. You will have to look, seek, and live in the realm of possibility, the realm of faith. The reality is that you are sick or hurting, tired or broken. The possibility is that it can all be gone. How do we get to that place? Psalms 51, 15, and 17, they give us an answer. Oh, Lord, 
open thou, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall shoot forth thy praise. For thou desireth not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in birth offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. The real question is, what is the Lord looking for? He's looking for a broken and contrite heart, a broken vessel. The word broken comes from a Hebrew word meaning to break or break into pieces. The word contrite is from the Hebrew word meaning to crush. Heart comes from the Hebrew word meaning inner man, mind, or will. Spirit is from the Hebrew word meaning breath or wind. We put all those meanings together. This is what we get. A broken, contrite heart or spirit is when a person's inner man or will has been broken so they no longer run after the things that they want but surrender to the things that God wants. A broken heart or will says I will no longer do things my way on my terms, but I will surrender to the ways of the Lord. This type of heart that is fully surrendered to God, he will never turn away. If you look at all the healings and the miracles done in the Bible, one thing stands out. There was nowhere else to turn. No one else they could count on. The woman with the issue of blood had spent every penny and exhausted all her resources. When she heard about Jesus, it was the last attempt at wholeness, the last try at a miracle. The centurion came to Jesus. Was Jesus his first choice? We don't know. Probably not. That's human nature, right? We don't know how long the servant was tormented. Probably a while since he was grief-stricken with torment. He probably was dying and wanted to die. The man at the pool, he'd been, he'd been in that broken state for a long time. He had been at the pool for a long time. He was at the end of the line. He was about to give up. The Bible doesn't say, but I bet he was calling on God. He was broken and tired. He was tired of doing it his way. It wasn't working. Nothing was. So he cries out to God, but nothing. There's no answer, no response. What a sad predicament he's in. He has failed. Man has failed him. Life has failed him. And now look. It looks like God's failed him too. What he came for, what he came looking for is right in front of him. But he can't reach it. What he came for yards from him, yards away, maybe even feet. But no one will help him. Unable to make it, he turns toward God just to hear silence. Nothing. No voice. No thought. Not a whisper. He's given up. To just sit in the pool and die. He's broken beyond repair. Or so it seems. Well, one day Jesus sees him. Did Jesus just happen to stumble upon this man and heal him? No way. The Lord heard his cries and came to him and said to him, Do you want to be made whole? 
The man is so broken he can't even look up at who is talking to him. This is where my mind goes. And he tells the Lord all his woes and pains, the agony that had been following him, the plight of life. Maybe it was a sickness that paralyzed him. Maybe it was an accident. We don't know. You can insert whatever you want there. Whatever it is, it's been a long time. He tells the Lord all this. But Jesus says, rise and walk. Rise and walk. I believe when he heard those words, something in him stirred. Something in that voice sounded familiar. Then when he looks up and he sees the face of Jesus, he knows he's found what he's looking for. And in that moment of faith, he feels it go all over him. He stands and he grabs his bed and he walks out of that sheep market. I read a story about Smith Wigglesworth. I can't remember exactly all of it, but I'll I'll try to remember what I can. Smith went in to pray for a lady that was a a mighty woman of faith, mighty mighty woman of God. Somehow she had got sick and she laid in the bed and she was dying. And so he comes in to pray for her. And when she pray when he prays for her, they had a wonderful meeting. And she says, It's going all over me. It's going all over me. There was another instance where Smith went to pray for a, a man or a boy, I can't remember. He was laying in the bed. The whole house is grieved. They know he's dying. It's the end. Smith goes in there and kicks them all out. He tells them, get his clothes ready. They're like, we can't do that. He's dying. What are we going to get his clothes ready for? He's going to go get his clothes ready. Get out of this room. Your unbelief is stifling the spirit. So he goes in there, and Jesus tells Smith, lay on the floor. You're going to pray for him, but it ain't going to be you. You're not going to touch him. So he lays on the floor after he prays for him. And the boy starts screaming, it's going all over me. It's going all over me. Smith sits up to worship. And when he looks at the mirror, he said, I can see the face of Jesus in the window. He said, I fell on my face. I couldn't stand in the presence. He said, I started to pray. And the boy's screams were louder and louder. It's going all over me. It's going all over me. I'm healed. I'm healed. And he jumps up from the bed. Healed. God will answer our prayers. Whatever we're looking for. Stand and I'll close. I'll keep you long enough. He will answer. We got to get down to business. The Holy Ghost came to crown Jesus king. 
The problem is that we treat, we treat Jesus like Saul treated David. We want Jesus to come and chase away the evil spirits and kill the giants. But we don't want Jesus to be king. It's sad, isn't it? It's time we let the Holy Ghost do his job. It's time we let Jesus be king over every aspect of our life. It's time that we get out of the way. What are you looking for? The healing or the healer? The Lord came to heal and to save. He came to make people whole mentally, physically, and spiritually. You will find whatever you're looking for. Psalms 105, 1-5 read, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done. His wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Praise the Lord in all things. Even while you are looking, praise him. What are you looking for? Whatever it is you're looking for, the Lord has an abundance of it. He's going to give it to you. He will answer. The Lord's not slack concerning his promises. The problem is, is there's two sides of that promise. We have to fulfill our part. And the Lord will fulfill his. I'm going to leave you with this scripture. Jeremiah 28, 29. 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Not in my Bible, it's read, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. Let's do that. Let's seek the Lord with all of our hearts. Gather around these altars. Father, I have delivered your message. Well, I pray that it finds good ground. I pray that you will meet us around these altars and have your way in every heart and mind. Lord, and all that is done will be done in your glory. Amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.